Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. This is St. Louis on the Air from St. Louis Public Radio. I'm Elaine Cha. You fill it with ice, and the student who's overheated would be put into the tarp, and they kind of hold it up to make a, an impromptu ice bath. Most school buses don't have air conditioning. A device that kind of looks like a walkie-talkie, this annual report card on American infrastructure. And right now, schools get a D plus. Overheated bus drivers lost power, had to go to another school. Most of that is actually HVAC. You should definitely be trying to kind of keep an ear out because a lot of places are having to make modifications right now. It's been so hot and humid in the St. Louis area this week, even the buildings are sweating. That's meant this year's first week of the school year has come with contingency measures to ensure safety for students, teachers, and other school staff amidst this extreme heat. STLPR senior education reporter Kate Grumke is here to talk about all of that. Kate, it's great to have you back on the show. Thanks for having me. So this week, you've been visiting schools, which is no surprise given your beat, but you've also been losing water weight um, (laughs) because this wave of high temps has been record setting. And we're talking like some of the highest numbers since summer of 1995. Let's talk about what you've seen and start with Nance Elementary School, uh, which you visited earlier this week, and that's in far north St. Louis. What did you find there, Kate? So I went there to meet a veteran teacher who's been in the classroom for 25 years, just your typical back-to-school story, kind of a positive thing. But quickly, the heat was setting in, and I realized that there was a much bigger story going on. So the kids there, like many all across St. Louis, are doing recess indoors because it's so hot. So I heard about one class that was going to be reading. Other classes are kind of playing in their classrooms or in gyms. But all across St. Louis, the kids are not getting to go outside to play. Mm -hmm. And we've got a Facebook comment from Katie that shares a, a kind of a, a similar thing here. For my elementary age kiddo who goes to school in person, this heat has changed how this first week looks. Normally, he'd have recess outside, but yesterday it was indoors. Uh, for his twin, who is doing school virtually, getting outside is rough because of the heat. So we've been working to find ways to still move while keeping cool. Things like playing ping pong and swimming after school. For my new middle schooler, Katie's busy. <laughs> the only thing that hasn't been fun is the bus because it's hot and while middle school boys. Now, if this topic is resonating with you, we want to know. Let's hear from you, particularly if you're the parent of a school-aged kid or you work in schools. What's your school doing to cope with the heat? Has it been working well? Is there something that hasn't gone well? Give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 314-382-TALK. You can send us an email at talk at stlpr.org or tweet us at STL on air. So Kate, uh, middle schools, also earlier this week, an SLPS middle school lost power and temporarily shared a building with a high school. What happened there? 
Yeah, so just like you laid out, um, it was Bush Middle School, and they lost power for the day. It was back the next day, but they did have to go to another school. That happened again today in St. Louis Public Schools. Pierre Laclede Elementary School also lost power, had to go to another school. And we also heard about this in the Clayton School District. They had a middle mm-hmm. school yesterday. Same thing, lost power, and for them, they did an early dismissal. Okay. So obviously, it's so hot right now that if a school loses power, They have to figure something out to keep the kids safe. Right. And Metro East has not been safe from this. Um, Granite City High School, the students are learning virtually until tomorrow. Why is that? Yeah, so Granite City High School is actually set to get a brand new air conditioning system at the end of next month, but the old one is not holding out this week. So they made the decision to go back to virtual school Wednesday through Friday for all of their high school students. And... They're going to still serve breakfast and lunch in the cafeteria. Apparently, the air conditioning is working well enough in the cafeteria (laughs) that that's possible. But they're hoping that when they get that new air conditioning system, it'll be a more permanent fix. Mm -hmm. Now, another aspect of school, of course, is getting there and getting home. Um, I have a second grader, and he takes a school bus. And when he got off the bus on Tuesday afternoon, the kid needed an entire shower, right? (laughs) Jennifer also wrote to us and had a comment about buses. She writes, our middle schoolers have no air conditioning on their 45-minute bus rides. It doesn't matter how the day was. They're miserable and drenched in sweat when they get home. Um, So Tuesday evening, the Pattonville District Superintendent, which is where my, my son is, emailed about adjustments for some schools. And it wasn't just about student health. It was also, and rightly so, about driver well-being. Um, It said, while our students typically spend 15 to 20 minutes on the bus during their commute, our bus drivers can be on the road for up to three hours when running routes. So concern about bus driver safety is proving well-warranted unfortunately, right? Yeah, people may not realize this, but most school buses don't have air conditioning in St. Louis. It's kind of rare to have air conditioning, and often that's only on special education buses, for example. So it's a very dangerous situation for both students and drivers. And actually, I just heard from the company that contracts bus drivers for St. Louis Public Schools and a handful of other districts that they had to call 911 for four drivers yesterday. Mm -hmm. All four of them were fine and ultimately didn't even have to be taken to the hospital, but it really shows that this is a really dangerous situation. We have overheated bus drivers who are having to drive, you know, school lets out often in the hottest part of the day in the afternoon. It's not, you know, when we all get off work and it's a little bit cooler. Mm -hmm. So no air conditioning has led to some dangerous situations. Yeah. So, so far we've talked a lot about what it's like from sort of the adult perspective in your your visits to schools and like talking with people, what is your sense of how kids are feeling, you know, students who are, are going through this during this first week? I think one of the biggest impacts for kids and students is on sports. <laughs> so there are some pretty strict rules to keep kids safe while they're practicing for sports and while they have games. And so one school, we went to Parkway North to um, see their football team practicing inside on a basketball court. Mm. So the um, Missouri State High School Activities Association has a sliding scale of wet bulb globe thermometer temperatures. And so this is... Um, 
schools are supposed to have a device to measure this. It's basically like a heat index, but with a lot more information. So things like cloud cover, wind, humidity, Mm -hmm. and just temperature. Yeah. And this is the case in Illinois as well. There are regulations on if it's this hot, then students have to take this many breaks. And then after a certain level, students aren't even allowed to practice outside at all. Yeah. And so in Parkway North, they were preparing for their first game of the season, which was supposed to be on Friday. Mm -hmm. I just heard they pushed that back to Saturday because it was going to be too hot. Okay. But they're doing that inside, which football inside is definitely not ideal. No, no, not unless it's supposed to be happening there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there are differences, right, between um, the standards for Missouri schools and those for Illinois schools. Yeah, Tell that's right. Bit about that. So there is kind of a sliding scale of colors um, for both Missouri and Illinois. And Missouri schools cut off at a much higher level. Well, not much higher, but by two degrees on the wet bulb globe thermometer. Okay. And so there have been many times this week where students in Missouri would have been allowed to practice outside, but students in Illinois would have been prohibited from practicing, out, practicing outside for safety reasons. Mm-hmm. And I think what's also interesting, there are some kind of, you know, you're in like the orange zone or something like that where you could practice outside. But coaches are also thinking about, okay, we have to take five breaks during an hour and we can only practice for an hour. And so even at a lower temperature, they might just decide to go inside Mm -hmm. because they don't want to have that type of a practice. Right, right. We got an email and the emailer writes, I hope you'll cover best practices, that is, for keeping kids safe in the heat um, on today's show. So athletes we've talked about, but also marching band members cheerleaders and any other students who are participating in outdoor activities are at risk. Yeah, I mean, I was a marching band kid, so I can definitely attest it's very, very hot to be trying to play an instrument and marching around in this heat. So um, best practices, all of the schools that I talk to are really focusing on trying to keep kids hydrated, and especially on the bus, they're putting water on buses, trying Mm -hmm. to make sure that the kids are drinking. And then if it does get to an extreme level, there are in some schools, athletic trainers that are actually certified to handle the heat and make sure kids are safe. And so it could get to the point that a kid would have to do the ice bath if they get so overheated. Oh, wow. And then there's also a method I learned about this week called the taco method. I don't know if that's an official term, but okay. you have a tarp ready yeah. and you fill it with ice and the student who's overheated would be put into the tarp and they kind of hold it up to make a an impromptu ice bath if the wow. kid is overheated. Okay. And has that been used already or is it just a measure that is like they're ready to use? Not in the case of the one person I talked to about this, but it is a common practice. And Mm so I would guess that it has been happened. Okay. And SLPS is also handing out water bottles? Yeah. SLPS has given all of their students their um, little yellow water bottles with the logo on them. So they said that that's also kind of part of the strategy of making sure that kids are staying hydrated, drinking as much water as possible. But Mm -hmm. I mean, really, the best solution is to try to stay inside. Don't do things that are overly taxing in this outdoor heat. Yeah. So this, the wet bulb globe heat stress meter is what what the thing is called. What does that look like? Um, And what else is it measuring beyond just what we get with the heat index? Yeah, so it's um, it's a, a device that kind of looks like a walkie talkie, but then it has a um, like it looks like a one of those 
like a squeezable bulb or something on the top of mm-hmm. it. And so it's measuring um, temperature, humidity, cloud cover, wind. It's a lot more than you would get from just your phone. And then what's also important about it is it's right where you're measuring it. So instead of getting your cell phone's data from Lambert Airport or something like that, there are schools where they're actually taking it and measuring on the tennis court than on the football field. And they're going to the actual location where the kids will be practicing so that they know the exact data. And I've heard that sometimes different schools will get different measurements or different courts will. And so that kind of helps people plan ahead as they're trying to schedule these practices. Mm -hmm. And was this something that they were ready to do? Oh, yes. And it's actually part of the requirements is that Mm -hmm. they're supposed to be measuring this. So they were measuring all day. And that's how I heard on Monday um, around 2 p.m. when practices were supposed to start at Parkway North, they were in the black zone. Absolutely no practices outside. Right. And then we measured again a couple hours later and it had slid down to orange, but Mm -hmm. that was still in the realm where there were so many restrictions, it wouldn't make for a very effective practice. Yeah. Now, just before showtime today, the actual temperature was 93 degrees. The heat index or apparent temperature was 107 and the wet bulb globe temperature was 91. (laughs) And as we talked about, you know, there can be differences in rules between Missouri and Illinois, but that also means that things are really different um, for places that are just mere miles apart. Yeah, right? 91 is exactly in that that zone where in Missouri you could practice mm-hmm. if you're an older student, but then in Illinois you would not be able to practice. Yeah. So as far as what is happening with dismissal times, um, that is one of the, the measures that has been taken to deal with what's going on. And as of this morning, several school districts had gone to early release, and that's for buildings that haven't been closed. How many districts are we talking about, Kate? Um, And are there more specifics that you can share about um, how the heat is prompting these moves? Yeah, so I will preface this with there are so many school districts and schools and charter schools in our listening area. So if you're a parent and you're listening to this and wondering what's going on, you should just check your local school district website because I cannot comprehensively make a list of everyone. But there are early releases, um, at least in some schools in the Wentzville School District, Lincoln County, Pattonville, as you mentioned, Francis Howell, Belleville West. And then we already talked about um, some of the other modifications that have happened in St. Louis Public Schools, Clayton, um, and in Granite City. So in general, this is something that it's being announced kind of in real time. So I would say that if you're a parent and you have kids in school, you should definitely be trying to kind of keep an ear out because a lot of places are having to make modifications right now. Mm -hmm. If this topic is resonating with you, please get in touch. We want to hear from you. If you're the parent of a school-aged kid or you work in schools, what is it that your school is doing to cope with the heat and how well has it been working or perhaps how is it not working? Give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 314-382-TALK. Send us an email at talk at stlpr.org or tweet us at STL on air. So dismissal times also then mean Uh, with these changes, there's considerable amount of scrambling going on, right? What have you heard from people about how they're dealing with this um, once they're out, the, the kids are outside the school building? 
Yeah, so I know that there are some organizations that have been stepping up. Um, I know that Operation Food Search is providing food in the evenings um, at some local library locations. So there are kind of some um, organizations that are trying to support families after school right now. Um, But yeah, it's definitely a scramble for people. I think this is a difficult thing to deal with, especially when the changes are happening so last minute. Mm -hmm. And how are people finding out about this? It is through email yeah, so the schools usually have a notification system. You can also check their websites, and then I always follow on social media. Of course, that's not as publicly available now if it's Twitter, but you can see them on Facebook as well. Yeah. So as we are talking about this, I mean, there is a a reputation, I think, that St. Louis has for its weather, right? Highly unpredictable. It's kind of all over the place. Um What was your sense of how prepared um, school administrators were uh, to deal with something like this, particularly given that it was the first week of school? I think school administrators um, were prepared for something smaller, maybe, but what's been different about this from everyone that I talked to is just how long this heat wave has been going on. So these air conditioning systems might have been able to hold up for a couple days, but not a full week of this type of heat. I do think it's it's worth noting, for example, in Granite City, they went to virtual instruction. That's something that all school districts are now trained to do because of the pandemic. So there is kind of this preparation to have to switch to something like that. And for the most part, kids, teachers, and administrators know what they have to do if they have to go back to virtual. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had at least a couple of conversations on this show about trends uh, toward more extreme heat. So as we're sort of wrapping this part of the discussion, Kate, and looking beyond the like literal hot messiness of what has been going on, do you foresee folks taking up conversation about ways that schools can ready themselves for future weather situations like the one that we're experiencing now? Yeah, absolutely. That is already part of the conversation. A lot of the school officials that I talked to are already thinking about this is going to become more common. We need to prepare for this in the future. So I think there's kind of two things. It's infrastructure and then like we talked about the buses. So the American Society of Civil Engineers puts out this annual report card on American infrastructure. And right now schools get a D plus. And schools are the second largest sector of public infrastructure. Right. So this is a huge issue that our public schools need to be updated. And most of that is actually HVAC. It's air conditioning systems that need some sort of update. So, for example, in Granite City, I talked to the superintendent there who said this new air conditioning system, we're hoping it's going to help us be ready for a changing climate. Yeah. That once they replace that, they won't have to go through something like this. Mm -hmm. And then for buses... The fact that St. Louis doesn't usually have air conditioning on buses, that's not the case in the South. And so as the climate kind of becomes warmer and we start to feel a little bit more like those southern states, I think school districts are going to have to start thinking they might have to put air conditioning on buses. Mm -hmm. And there is a program right now. There are these federal grants available to update to electric buses. Okay. So there are some school districts in more rural areas in Missouri that are starting to receive those buses. And I know St. Louis Public Schools, their provider has applied for a grant to get those. And so that's also another change that could both lower those carbon emissions and potentially 
give an opportunity to get some air conditioning on buses. Yeah, yeah. So we started this conversation with you talking about how it's not uncommon for you to be very busy during this time of the year with the school starting. And the heat has obviously added many complications. But in general, are there stories that you are excited about covering you know, on your beat? Either things maybe that you've already covered a little bit in the past or things that you've recently been working on? Yeah, there's something I'm working on right now. Um, I'm looking for how housing instability affects school for families. So if you'll give me the opportunity, if someone's listening and they know someone who's experienced housing instability and it's affected how they're able to access school services, I would love to hear from them. So I'm going to share my email if that's okay. So it's K-G-R-U-M as in Missouri, K-E at stlpr.org. And we're really looking for any example of that. So if you know someone who has experienced housing instability with kids in school, we'd love to hear about what that was like. Okay. And you can also give us a call at uh, 314-516-6397. That's 516-NEWS. And Kate's email address is kgrumke at stlpr.org. Kate, thank you so much for talking with us, uh, sweating it out out there and and giving us an update on what's going on. Super sweaty. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Kate Grumke is STLPR's senior education reporter. This episode was produced by executive producer Alex Hoyer. With audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Doerr. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. St. Louis on the Air proudly supports local artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.